Hello and welcome to uh, Hotel Mario. Um, we hope your stay will be a pleasant one. Um, is there anything I can uh, do for you in terms of suite accommodations? Or um, are you looking for anything specific on a specific floor, specific view? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I would love, uh, like, I mean, I don't know how to ask this. I don't know if this is extra or whatever. Can I get in Lakitu's cloud? Um, uh, well, it's, uh, I'm, 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 I gotta be honest. I'm not quite yeah. sure what you're asking me here. Uh, you want to check into a cloud suite or. Yeah. Like, like Lakitu, you know how he's up there in that cloud? Yes. Can I get in the cloud? I, again, I don't know if that's, it's specifically not our cloud, and I don't think it's your uh -huh. cloud, so I don't. Okay. I don't know that you can just check into a cloud. Is this the Hotel Mario? Sorry. Yes, this is the Hotel Mario. Okay, so I got the right hotel. <laughs> and you know who Lakitu is, right? Yes, we're familiar with Lakitu. He's the um, the guy who lives in the cloud and who also does the camera work. Yeah, if you like, you go off the Rainbow Road. He'll like fish you out. Uh huh. Take a uh -huh. couple coins for his trouble. Mm -hmm. That's the guy. Yes. And this, and just to confirm, this is the Hotel Mario. <laughs> this is Hotel Mario, yes. Okay. I got to get up on that cloud. <laughs> Sir, I, I, I wish you would take a look at any of our other suites. In uh -huh. fact, every door in the hotel is open. So you could just walk down the halls and uh, look into any of those rooms and choose one that you like. I, I'm not going to let you check into the cloud. I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah, those door, those open doors seem like a, some sort of privacy concern. I gotta be honest, but you know what? Look, I know how this, I know how this works. It, 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 here's some coins for your trouble. Just give me in the cloud. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll look the other way. But don't get caught in that cloud. You get in trouble. <laughs> Maybe I'm looking for trouble. <laughs> what? Is this an intro? What are we doing? <laughs> we open doors and close doors in much-memed Philips CDI flop Hotel Mario as Mario begins this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and where's the W in Samurai Showdowniest video games of all time. <laughs> that third W was by Ross. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. I'm a fourth W, Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I am Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Let's go, everyone. It's a me, <laughs> Matt Apodaca. <laughs> Let's -a go, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Uh, <laughs> Edge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you gotta prep me for that stuff, up, but I have no idea we what I'm had supposed no to do. No idea that was gonna happen. <laughs> so what happened was I forgot, but I did write it down. <laughs> 
Um, it was great. It was really, really good. I'm sorry to freak you all out. I love it. Is there a Mario villain or hero or sidekick that rhymes with bucket or mm. can you guys can you hey hit us up on twitter at, <laughs> at get played pod if you know what i should say instead of welcome back bucket which by the time you send this to me we will have recorded all of these episodes so yeah. i won't be able to implement it, won't it. Really be relevant anymore. you'll be at least two behind yeah you can yeah. get one probably by week three um We'll think of, we'll figure it out. I'm very, very excited to be kicking off Mario, our month-long tour of the worst and weirdest of the Mario franchise. And we're gonna dig into a notorious game today with an excellent guest. But before we do that, before we descend into gaming hell, it's time to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, let us know when to begin. Go for it, Heather. Well, I'm super excited. A couple of weeks ago, I brought up uh, a, a video game that really meant a lot to me that in Heather's hole, which was <laughs> called which <laughs> is called The World Ends With You for the DS. Right after, and, and I had no idea that there was going to be an anime coming out about this game. What, 13, 14 years later? Like completely not relevant. Like nobody cares about it. I brought it up. Literally on a segment of, hey, don't forget about this thing that happened. <laughs> I've started watching this anime. It is as batshit as an anime can be. There is no and like no entry point for the viewer. It just starts. Words are said. It's very similar to the game in that way, but somehow because there's nothing to interact with feels more off-putting i can't wait to watch it every week it made it made me i think i tweeted this it made me reevaluate what writing is because characters are just like we got to go the time the clock is ticking the reapers are going to get up all right great wow heather i heard all of that and this episode is going <laughs> without a hitch <laughs> No technical problems are being covered by edits. It's normal. Everything's normal. To the listener, everything's normal. Yeah. Uh, hey, we have a fantastic guest to discuss a wild game today. A writer and comedian from Briar Patch on USA and Dispatches from elsewhere on AMC. Eva Anderson is back. Hi, Eva. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be back and talking about this particular game. <laughs> Always a thrill to have you. And, uh, you know, once again, you're not being subjected to a leisure suit, Larry. So mm -hmm. there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still have we still have we still have leisure suit, Larry three, I think, to pick up with. Uh, but but for now, I'm curious, like outside of the, the games that we kind of the kind of games that we cover on this show, what have you been playing lately in your personal gaming time? Um, I had some fun with Hades. I can't get past a person. I've killed Hades once, but beyond that, oh, yeah. I'm a little bit stuck, but I I've been really enjoying it. Um, I did a Matt Abadaka and restarted Breath of the Wild, which I never beat, and Hell I'm yeah. wow. further in it than I ever was before. Hey. Thank you for the inspiration, Matt. You got it. And, but mostly, I've because of my complete uh, late-stage COVID brain, I think I've mentioned these games before, but they're these puzzle games that are especially really good on iPad called Rust the Rusty Lake games oh. and the cube mm -hmm. escape games which are like mm -hmm. these kind of escape room the room type games that are made by this company in amsterdam and they have like a very very creepy deep mythology 
And mm. like, uh, and so I played, I've been playing back through all of those because I played them two years ago and I forgot most right. of the puzzles and I just, I love them so much. So that's been my, this week, especially I've been like finding a lot of, uh, just putting my brain there to feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like Heather? You you don't love puzzles in games. Am I wrong about that? No, you were completely right. I am. <laughs> I'm annoyed by puzzles in games. It's not why I want to play a game. Even in you know, as listeners will note, that I'm playing. I'm maximalizing my play of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and there are minor puzzles, not even really puzzles in this game, where you have to like move a thing out of the way of a thing and then drop a bomb onto a thing that opens up a thing that you then carry in something else into. And those steps are so annoying to me that I will speak to the television during them and be like, I fucking hate this part. I hate this part. (laughs) (laughs) So you just want, you basically just want combat and story, right? Is there anything else you want in a game? Traversal? No, traveling yes. across terrain. Yeah, I want, I want, I want a big, huge, beautiful world. Mm-hmm. Like, you like sneaking? and whether, huh? Sneaking? Do you like? Oh yeah, sneaking self. around. Sneaking is sometimes fun, but all, all other times is a puzzle. And right. if if it crosses the threshold into how do you do this, and I know how to do it, and and implementing the solution is troublesome to me like just boring right then 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 i don't want to then i then i'm like fuck sneaking um like i so in assassin's creed my build is like i built out most powerful assassin because i'm like well it's assassin's creed i gotta assassinate people and after like i assassinated two or three villages worth of people i was like this sucks and now i just roll in like on my dog uh, and kill everybody <laughs> from the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I hate a puzzle. I hate him. Wow. I hate him. Oh man. Not Tetris. Tetris isn't a puzzle. Like pu- it, uh, did you, did you No, I know. I difference? know the distinction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tetris is more like combat. Yeah, it it's is. Like a, it, it is a form of combating the blocks with blocks that hit him. Yeah. You don't want time to contemplate. No. Got it. No, I want uh, I want my conscious I the any moment where I have to consider my own existence during a video game. <laughs> that's not why I play a video game. I want to I want to eliminate consciousness at all turns. Um it's uh I mean this that tracks completely with you. Uh yeah. I it's it's a I don't know. I mean, I I love puzzle design. I love really well designed puzzles. I don't. I I guess I I probably agree with you to some degree, Heather, in the sense of if something's just an obstacle and the solution it presents itself immediately, then it's just like okay, you're just marking time here. This is just like the you know this is just like a like a needless subplot in a, a you know in an epi- in a dramatic hour of TV. You know, this is just like this is just something to fill up time to Even- to pad out the length. Even if the puzzle solution doesn't present itself immediately, knowing that the solution is inevitable, like you, you mm-hmm. unless unless you're playing the, the witness or mist or some shit, there's not going to be a puzzle that prevents you from progressing. You're going to get it eventually. And that like treading water is it, it makes me sweaty. Like I can't right. stand it. I, I feel like the, our whole existence is solving those puzzles 
So why would you want to emulate that in a game? Like, it's just... <laughs> I find it satisfying. I do. I, that's where we differ. I find it satisfying to be like, oh, that's what you do. Oh, that's Ugh. what that that does. Oh, that's my, where that goes. My feeling in that moment is, fuck, God, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Eva, I, I'm, I know that you are a, a frequent traveler. You're someone who likes to, to go places, and obviously that has not been a, a, an option during this uh, current quarantine unless you are uh, wildly defying uh, orders. Um, <laughs> do you have any post-COVID travel plans? Do you have any place where it's like, mm. I, I got to go here? I mean, I've, I have like a big list going in my head, um, mm. uh, but no plans yet. But... I do want to go to like weird. Uh, I want to go to Eastern Europe. That's my. Oh wow! Okay. I, go. I really, I really like. I only spent a little bit of time there, but I really like it. So, Iceland is currently accepting fully vaccinated travelers. Ooh, if wow, you want to check Iceland off your list, I I did go there, and they do have like the creepiest wax museum museum I've ever been to, which is called the Saga Museum, and it's like all these kind of like freaky, melty wax figures of the history of Iceland. Um, it's like one of the coolest places I've ever been. I love Iceland. Good hot um, dogs too. Wow. I've heard really? about their hot dogs. Oh man, that might be enough for me. That might literally be enough. <laughs> <laughs> Lamb hot dogs, Heather. Like wow. it's the only affordable my, food, but they're really my, good. <laughs> one of my greatest memories of all time is eat. So I went, I had to go to Vienna for a uh, show for a comedy show mm-hmm. uh, and stayed there for a week, but it was extremely broke. And so I ate hot dogs for maybe 70% of my meals, 80% of my meals. And there was there's a hot dog stand. I don't know what the fuck they call it. They don't call them hot dogs there. It's like, you know, some Viennese word. Mm-hmm. But there's a hot dog that's in. They, they drill out the middle of a baguette and then slide the hot dog into the baguette. Ooh. And then inside the hot dog is cheese. And I would sit on the on the street, like <laughs> on the ground, yeah. eating these hot dogs. And it, it it was so good that when I had the opportunity to travel again, I went to Vienna for <laughs> for the hot dogs. Wow, it's <laughs> not really an exaggeration. Wow. What what is an Icelandic hot dog? Please describe. Oh. Well, I do want to say that a Vienna sausage, though, is the worst kind of hot dog. Like, oh, for in sure. The, those mm. in the those in the can little guys. Have you ever had those, oh, those tiny kind of nubs? Like? Yeah, yeah, no, those no, are no, disgusting. No, 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 no. Um, okay, so uh, a Vienna, <laughs> uh, an Icelandic hot dog is a mixture of beef and lamb. Um, it's uh, in a it's in a steamed bun, and the hot dog is also like boiled, not grilled, and then it has a remoulade sauce. And then um, it has uh, like sautéed onions, like caramelized onions, and also crispy onions. Holy shit! Ooh. And that and it's it's wow. in the, there's one stand in the middle of town where Obama got a hot dog, and everybody goes get gets a hot dog. But like food wow. in Iceland's very expensive, um, and so and that's a very affordable thing, and it's delicious. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Go to Iceland. If you know Nick, if you ever wanted to start another podcast, you could do one like about food in like different places. Hmm, I feel interesting. like <laughs> food for thought for sure. Oh. I have a weird memory of telling you about this hot dog, Nick. I don't know where we were, but I feel like we were recording our conversation. But that doesn't that can't ago. be right. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so let me ask you this as a traveler and this applies to to you as well it's, this is for the whole floor because i i i, I want to get everyone's opinions here what do you think about hotels do you like staying in a hotel and do you go do you go for like i that's part of my traveling experience or this is just a place to flop i see you heading towards a um a transition here mm-hmm. Nick, and i'm really proud of you <laughs> Love them. Yeah, Love it's em. sort of like a Chekhov's like transition here. Like, mm-hmm. we're just like, mm-hmm. like okay, like we're gonna this is gonna pay off. I don't know what he means, but I love hotels. <laughs> <laughs> can I t- can I tell a story of a hotel that I like? Please. Oh man, I went to I so I uh, the podcast listeners know I used to live in Europe, so traveling in Europe was easy because you could take a train. And I stayed at a hotel in Paris where I ch- I stayed at the hotel. So the iPad had just come out, I think. Uh, and each room came with an iPad. Not that you could keep, but mm-hmm. that you could tr- bring outside. And it was preloaded with a bunch of shit from like that you could do in the neighborhood. And this was wow. not a fancy hotel. This was a single tiny little one room hotel where I think you pushed the bed up against the wall in order to turn it into a little place to sit, mm-hmm. like like a real capsule-style place. But each room came with an iPad, and it was the first experience I had with an iPad. Wow. Was like in the hotel room. It was pretty cool. That's a, that's that's a awesome. cool hotel. That is cool. I mean, I would, uh, I just, I would be like, I don't know if I want to touch this iPad, but I know what you mean. What? That is, that is like cool. The novelty of that is cool. Wait, What? Because of well, pornography? Yeah. <laughs> Just no, this was jizz? like an offline... Look, you fucking filthy piece of shit. <laughs> Look. It was like an, a Kindle. It wasn't like... Oh, okay. A, so it didn't like have it an active internet reloaded. connection. No, 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 no. It's nothing. Okay. What if the iPad had like a paper strip around it that said sanitized for your protection like the toilet does? Sure. You and, you sh- and you shit onto the iPad? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that in hotels when they like, te- they see what surfaces are covered with what, that remotes are usually have a lot of semen on them. Mm-hmm. Because dudes are like, or whoever is just watching porno and then, you know, getting their their porned up hands all over the remote out in the afternoon. You shoot it onto the remote? I guess so. (laughs) Uh, But that always makes me a little bit like, oh, I gotta gotta fucking wipe down the remote before I touch it when I get into a room. The truth is, once we all go to a hotel again, I'm gonna wipe down everything. Like, my travel experiences have been permanently altered by the last year of thinking about sanitation. I'm I'm like, I've never, before... Last March, I had never wiped down my airplane seat and tray with like mm-hmm. antibacterial right. wipes. But my last travel experience, I was like in a mask and wiping down everything like a like my grandmother, mm-hmm. my dead grandmother. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> Your delivery was just jarring. <laughs> That used to be a, like that's like the weird person. Like, look at that weirdo. What are you doing? Wiping everything down. You're free. You got like a weird germophobia, and then it's be. Oh wait, no, that's like a pragmatic way to live. I'm the opposite, and I can't wait to put on makeup samples at Sephora again. Like, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm gross. I'm a gross person, and as soon as I have a license to be gross again, I am gonna put on makeup at Sephora. 
Wow. Wow. I can't wait to open a door normal. Like, the, like we've had to like sure. do like find out so many ways, like pull your sleeve over your hand or whatever. And I'm just like, I can't wait to just sort of be like, I know I got to wash my hand after this, but just to fully palm a, a door handle. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm so used to the other way now. At the, the 7-Elevens, I, I, you know, in my neighborhood, they all have the like a hand, an extra handle on the outside of the door where you can use like your forearm for mm-hmm. them. You can use like your elbow nook to, to wedge them open. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm so used to not using my hand. I think I'll have to, it'll, it'll be hard to get that out of muscle memory. Hmm. Once, once a virus is transmittable via elbow, we, we did this to ourselves. I just want to be clear (laughs) that enough elbows on doors and eventually a virus will inject itself through your, your skin (laughs) on contact. Mm -hmm. That'll be what we did. Um, well, uh, hey, you know, speaking of hotels. Oh, there it is. What? The, wow. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. There's one hotel where you can check out, check in, but you can never leave. <laughs> Welcome to the Hotel Mario. This week's game. <laughs> Hotel Mario is a puzzle video game developed by Fantasy Factory and published by Philips Interactive Media for the Philips CDI in 1994. Now, for those of you who are listening who aren't familiar with the CDI, I think it's important to give a tiny bit of history about it, which is that um, back before the PlayStation, Nintendo and Sony wanted to cooperate and make a CD-ROM add-on for the Super Nintendo, known as the Super NES CD, but... Nintendo signed with Philips to make the add-on. Sony redesigned their machine to become the PlayStation, and it is like watching a, a corporation shoot itself in the mouth. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so, so there was a there was a, um, a an existing relationship between Philips, which is a Dutch company, and Nintendo, which is a Japanese company. And that is part of why these uh, Nintendo licensed games appeared on the Philips CDI. So in Hotel Mario, you control Mario, like Mario brother of the Mario franchise. (laughs) He's got to find Princess Toadstool by going through a puzzle game, uh, which consists of seven hotels in the Mushroom Kingdom, and you solve each of these puzzles by closing all of the doors in the hotel. The game is notorious and famous for its cutscenes, which were fully animated and presented on CD-ROM technology uh, and voice acted, and um, now are just they basically just exist with memes uh, yes. alongside the uh, Legend of Zelda. Uh, CDI experiences. Nick, did I get it? Did I did I you, cover it well? I thought that was fantastic. I, right. I was just going to say, I think it's pretty charitable to call these scenes fully animated and voice acted because they are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty bad. Uh, but Eva, you you owned a CDI, am I correct? Or did were you a three DO owner? No, I had a CDI, and I just realized I was talking to my brother that I actually had that CDI until two thousand and nine. Wow. At which point I sold it in a garage sale and never thought about it. I know. And I was like, oh, man, there are these copies of Hotel Mario online for like $100. 
but I could have gotten one and played it if I had yes. just been maintained my hoarding <laughs> self for 11 more years, 12 more years. Um, but we had, yeah, we had a CDI. We had Burn Cycle, which we played all the way through. Actually, great game. We did have Link in the Faces of Evil, which we mostly just played to laugh at. <laughs> and a lot of really bizarre ones. Like, they had this Alice in Wonderland game that looked was kind of like puppet animation whenever you'd mm-hmm. encounter a character. Really beautiful. Um, but it was a really clumsy, weird, crazy system. I mean, and I do remember, like, very late in the game, seeing Hotel Mario and wanting to ask my dad to buy it for me and being like, I don't really... This is an insincere ask. Like I knew, <laughs> <laughs> like I had already, I'd already played Faces of Evil. Just and I, I never even could get like one level through Faces of Evil because the gameplay was so terrible. Yeah. Um, so I knew I didn't want Hotel Mario, and I just like put it back down on the CompUSA shelf and like backed away. And I was like, <laughs> CompUSA. <laughs> yeah, Burbank CompUSA. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was a wild system. And I mean, it was really advanced. Like things like Burn Cycle looked so advanced when there wasn't a PlayStation yet. There was a Sega CD, but there wasn't PlayStation. So um, in a lot of ways, it was really impressive. And they had those amaz- these amazing commercials with Phil Hartman playing multiple characters. It was just like really exciting, but right. ultimately just didn't hold up because the most of the games were so bad. Well, yeah, and and I think the uh, you know so so it was definitely a novelty to have voice acting in at least in console games like that just wasn't a thing you know you, it was in PC games PCs with CD-ROM drives but that that just wasn't a thing really and there maybe be like one clip of VL that you'd hear in a Super Nintendo or a Genesis game because they just didn't have, didn't have the storage but I will say despite it being like a like a more advanced system. I was shocked by how bad the art and sound design was, especially compared to Super Nintendo games of the era. Like, this game came out in 1994, and it looks worse than a game like ActRaiser or Super Metroid. You know, it, it sounds worse, too. It's just, it just kind of like, I, I'm not talking about the cutscenes, I'm talking about the actual gameplay. It feels it feels like they put all of their uh, resource management into how many colors can we fit on the screen simultaneously. Not during right. the cutscenes, but like the actual play field is so like needlessly colorful. Like there's a lot of like lushness to the plants and stuff that are on the corners of the screen. Like it's a it is an ugly game. It's not. It is. It's not just like difficult to play uh which i'll admit there was no way for me to emulate a fucking cdi like i i I have only read over and over again how frustrating the input was my only experience with a cdi in my life was at a hotel uh where i got to play one uh when i was young Um, wow yeah and they were free for everybody you could take them outside? No, you couldn't take them outside. They were like, they, I mean, there was a little sign on the machine that said, please take me. But I left it in the room. <laughs> Wait, Heather, I don't want to, I don't want to scare you, but you didn't happen to be at Roy's Hard Brick Hotel, did you? 
<laughs> so yes, the way the game works is you progress through a series of of hotels all owned by the Koopalings. And so each Koopaling has a different hotel that has some sort of different theming. Uh, Bowser is kidnapped, uh, you know, Princess Toadstool as per normal. Uh, but then, yeah, you got like Morton's Wood Door Hysteria Hotel is the first one. Roy's Hard Brick Hotel is level two and you and it and so on and so on uh, through Wendy's Blitz Snarlton Hotel. Uh, some are like, you know, covered with fire. Some are up in the clouds. They've all just got their own little, you know, environmental challenge to them. Did you I mean, they're all puns, right? For like yes. other hotels. But some of them I didn't under like what is Wood Door Hysteria Hotel like Wyndham? The yes, yeah, so wasn't there? There was something kind of. Wasn't there a wisteria? Maybe that there's something there's like Thump, that. Thump Castle Hotel is Trump Castle. Yep, that okay, tracks. So Trump yeah. made it into Hotel Mario. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> but I, I was curious if anybody knew. <laughs> Caesar's Palace Hotel. That one's yeah. Caesar's, Caesar's Palace. Palace. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. Wood door hysteria. I'm not quite sure what that is, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's good. Some frustrated listener is screaming at their uh, it, on the street while they're walking. Well, oh, by the way, I've learned that people do listen to podcasts on speakers on their phone. Uh, I stand corrected. An earlier episode, I said that the most uh, bizarre part of this. Uh, wait, was that this? No, that wasn't even this podcast. Oh, my God. I just feel like I had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, do you have a do you have like a. Separate chain restaurant podcast <laughs> no, like, or something that I don't know about. <laughs> like, here's what happened: is I I was on a podcast where we were talking about Godzilla versus Kong, and it recorded the same day as us oh. recording for. Uh, so I've combined both records into my head. Uh, so forgive me on all fronts. I've I have now affronted everybody. No, I'm, you're fine. Can I, say, can I say something about the CDI before we please we, we dig too deep into the game because we are going to dig deep, which is that. You talked about the 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 sort of full motion voice acting, all that stuff being really uh, mind blowing at the time. And I also want to say that there are other games on the CDI that are pretty great and have become sort of Internet famous recently. For example, uh, the Philips CDI version of Tetris. There are tons of threads on Reddit and on like games Twitter that are like, is this the best version of Tetris in part because the music is so smooth so I sent Matt Apodaca um, a uh, a little bit of a playthrough. You could just skip to any part in the playthrough. Don't you don't have to start it from the beginning. But let's listen to that jam. Mm. Like it sounds like early '90s Weather Channel. Yeah, yeah this is. This is someone's about to get a bad diagnosis on a medical drama. <laughs> <laughs> this is great though. This and also the art is this looping background of a of a of a ro roaring stream and it's very very soothing. Yeah, very idyllic. It's beautiful. Yeah, so, this is great. So, oh, that's nice. Fuck, this is awesome. We should have covered this game. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that the Phillips team is capable of like producing something that stands the test of time and also like is pretty soothing. Mm -hmm, right. So I think when we compare and contrast what we've just heard to any selections from Hotel Mario, <laughs> there'd be a little bit of confusion on the on the listener's part. 
Well, you mentioned the cutscenes, and you know that's what it's most known for. That's what all the memes are about. I think because so few people have actually played it, but uh, but a lot of people have watched playthroughs out of grim curiosity, and because Mario is so is Mario. Uh, and I mean, let's let's just play some of the clips. I, I, I've got a few clips isolated here, and Heather, I know you pulled a few as well. But let's start with the intro to this game. This is what you you get when you boot it up. <laughs> Nice That's Bowser. Princess to invite us over for a picnic, eh, Luigi? I hope she made lots of spaghetti. Luigi, <laughs> oh, no. look. It's from Bowser. Dear pesky plumbers, the Koopalings and I have taken over the Mushroom Kingdom. The princess is now a permanent guest at one of my seven Koopa hotels. <laughs> I dare you to find her if you can. <laughs> what? So... <laughs> I'd I'd advise you to advise anyone, and maybe we'll link it on our social media, who is unfamiliar with the art of this game, to watch that clip just to see just how shitty it looks. Like, it looks like something one person made in MS Paint. It looks really, really bad. And, you know, I'm not trying to to trash the developers. I'm sure they were limited in terms of budget and resources and just the capabilities of the hardware, but it really is aggressively unpleasant. I I would like to say from from Wikipedia, there is mm-hmm. a little bit about the development team uh, for Hotel Mario. Uh, which So I'm just going to read this straight. Hotel Mario was developed by Fantasy Factory. The developers and testers tended to be older in age. <laughs> Background artist Tracy Vanola noted one tester was well past retirement. Since the target age of children would have faster reflexes, the game was designed to play well for the testers then sped up. Oh no. <laughs> so, so that strange. Was, that's the yeah. that's part of the process. There's a, there's a very long interview with Tracy Vanola uh, where she really gets really into the weeds on making um this game and we can get into it. I, there's some stuff that I can tell you guys later on about uh her some stuff that happened to her while she was making it. Oh no. Uh, no, it, she's an interesting lady. She's cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I would like to say that there seems to be this 1990s understanding of what Mario sounded like that is not what Mario sounds like to us today. Like, no. yahoo, yahoo, like none of that shit happened until Mario 64. And before that, he always sounded like a dude from Brooklyn. Like it, the way we just heard him. I, I've got a clip here from uh, uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, where, of course, Lou Albano uh, voices Mario and pr- is Mario. Lou Albano is missing. Oh boy, I don't believe it. Yo, yo, Mario, take it easy. I mean, I know Captain Lou Albano was your hero and role model, but don't worry, I'm sure he'll turn up. Gee, I hope so. He was the nicest guy in the world. So that's so that's Mario on uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and then again breaking the fourth wall too. Yeah, because the, the person playing him is the person who's gone missing in world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the nineties, was Mario Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> you can follow Matt Apodaca on Twitter. <laughs> but also, let's let's play a clip from Super Mario Brothers the movie. Uh, where he's played by Bob Hoskins. I think the fidelity on this is not as good, but whatever. We'll freeze him. Keep him busy while we make our way up. Bob, how can we do that? We can't just take an elevator. We gotta do something. We trip the alarm. What do you think I am, stupid? <laughs> well, how are we gonna get up, huh? <laughs> so that's Mario from 
I mean, every version of of Mario in this in the early nineties is, hey, what, what are you, what are you, f- get the fuck out of my way, Bowser, right. fuck you, like he's like, oh. <laughs> uh, is that Eddie Valiant erasure too? Like, is he just stealing Eddie Valiant's voice for Mario? <laughs> he's not even adding like Italian anything. He's just like Roger. <laughs> <laughs> he was a uh, hey, you know what he he was uh, he was great in in Roger Rabbit, and I think he wanted to cash in. So good for him, good for Hoskins. R.I.P. Uh, it is it is funny that we used to be it that was the Mario was the Brooklyn guy, and then they were like he needs to be a more offensive stereotype, and then now we have the the Charles Martinet uh, Mario, which has endured. But I think is also like it's it's more. It's weirdly more kid friendly, I, th- I guess, because he's less vocal. Maybe what I, you know, he he has fewer things that he says. The the current Mario. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant the old Mario was more kid friendly. No, I, I meant like, the current. I meant the, the current one. <laughs> oh. No, the old one was weird. It was strange that this was a children's character. Well, there's like a level past also just the voice where like throughout the entire game, as you said, like in this clip, but also throughout, he turns to the player and just like maybe you should read the instruction book before you play. Yes. Like, like assuming that you, the player doesn't really know what a game is or you've never played one before. Cause he doesn't, he's like, this is a game. Do you know what a game is? There's a book and you should, you should read it. And then you'll have to push the buttons. You'll figure it out. But you, I, I I have no willpower of my own, so go ahead and control me. I, I am an empty vessel, and you are my consciousness in this strange transference of power. Mario, who are you talking to? Fuck you, you Luigi, you piece of shit. <laughs> So it tells you the, the game's cutscenes implore you to refer to the manual. And I looked up the manual. This is in the manual. If you are playing a new game, you automatically begin with the Wood Door Hysteria Hotel. Be sure to listen for, to, for clues in the introductory animation to each hotel. To skip the animation, click an action button. So the, the, the cutscene tells you to look at the manual. And the manual says to listen for clues in the cutscenes. It's an elaborate prank on the player. Two separate teams at war with one another. It's like, we don't need to put this in the fucking game. Put it in the manual. And manual team's like, that's not our job. We, no one's job is to explain this game to the players. Like, it can't be done. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple more uh, uh, memed clips, much memed clips that came out from this game. Uh, this, uh, let's play this uh, this first one. This is the toast one. You know what they say? All toasters toast toast. So Mario is overloading the power using a bunch of toasters, and the line is "All toasters toast toast," which I don't think is something anyone has said outside I- of this game. I wasn't familiar with the memes going into this. I mean, like I'd seen stills of the game, but I hadn't watched any of these clips. And so when this happened, I I wrote it down. I was like, yes. we have to talk about there's a hotel with power problems. Mario finds a room where there's a ton of toasters plugged in. His solution is to bring put bread in the toasters, then unplug the toasters which causes the bread to eject to it. There's no, it doesn't follow any known earth logic 
for what? Yeah. For what? <laughs> also, in the cutscene leading into that hotel, he's like, well, I should probably look for a room with power. And then he turns to the player and he's like, remind me of that later or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like, so there's that's a clue in a cutscene where it's like, hey, player, this is a clue. You don't know what a game is. Hey, hey, I know you won't be able to control my moment of revelation when I find the toasters, but I'm going to remind you to help me look for something you have no no input in. Uh, another rather confusing line of dialogue comes later in reference to Wendy in another cinematic. Where's the princess? Over there! Look, Wendy's Hotel. Be careful. When you pinch Wendy's pennies, they pinch back. Oh, when, so you pen- when you pinch Wendy's pennies, they pinch back. Can we, can we, I, there's so much happening in that cutscene. I also <laughs> want to point out that the we should hear it again because the music behind it is a guy going, it's not. Yes. And there's also a huge gap from the last line to the cutscene ending of them just him just staring <laughs> silently into the camera. Like a Tim and Eric thing. Look, Wendy's hotel. Be careful. When you pinch Wendy's pennies, they pinch back. <laughs> he holds five on that while it slow fades, yeah. <laughs> I counted to five. <laughs> sort of to mean like if you get what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so is the all right let's give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. is it possible that this is a dutch joke was it a dutch developer phillips is a dutch company but was it, was the developer uh fantasy factory located in the netherlands i thought they were uh, american maybe i'm wrong oh this game no. was well, made that- in venice california oh I well think. I, I then think. I've got no excuse for what the fuck just <laughs> happened. <laughs> I mean, it's just because pinching pennies is like a, that's someone who's thrifty, but you don't say you pinch someone else's pennies. And that they would pinch back because of the hotel brand? I guess. Is, is there a penny monster inside the hotel? Uh, maybe. I mean. I don't remember one in the, like, mind-numbing playthroughs that I watched of this game. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's the context for it. All right. In Wendy's Blitz Snarlton Hotel, this is from the Mario Wiki, all the coins turn into pennies, preventing Mario from collecting them. Mario must enter a room with a piggy bank to unveil the real coins. I think we owe Hotel Mario a, an apology, because yeah. now sorry. this makes sense. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It, I'm it, sorry. It does? Wait, your explanation, it makes us... <laughs> He I'm so he fucking sorry. <laughs> no, he should have said he should have said they pinch back. He should have been like, "Hey, the coins in this hotel, I can't collect unless you throw a switch." Like he's he right. shouldn't have been like, "Why be obtuse? We're his only ally." Yeah, it- <laughs> 
what he said makes it doesn't make a lick of sense regardless. Uh, I, I guess we should talk about the gameplay a little bit. You referenced it earlier, Heather. So it is kind of it's a puzzle action game. It's kind of a throwback single screen arcade game. Like this feels like this is a game that would be in a, a cabinet in the 80s, uh, just with, you know, more more modern graphics. It's it's uh, and it's it's very stupid to address the Philips CDI emulation of it all. I tried my damnedest to get a Philips CDI emulator working. I, I tried it through MAME. I tried it through. There's some some independently developed uh, uh, CDI emulators that are very out of date that that mostly don't run anymore. I did eventually get it get a, an emulator working. And uh, shout out to the InMine on YouTube, uh, who seems uh, uh, very young but extremely knowledgeable, and actually put together a really really informative video for how to get a Philips CDI emulator working. Uh, nowadays, its video is uploaded in 2018 and also includes a Google Drive link to a working one. So you just uh, like it, it's just, uh, you know, I was trying to fucking load this thing into RetroArch on my own and uh, get it working for like a couple hours and couldn't do it. Went to this and got it working right away. So uh, uh, the in mind was very, very helpful. If you do want to mess around with a Philips CDI emulator, check uh, that would be my my recommendation for a resource, because, again, a lot of them are completely broken. But so in this video itself, uh, uh, the InMind is showing how it works, and they're like, they reach a point where they're like, I'm gonna load up a game, I'm gonna load up Wand of Gamelon because Hotel Mario doesn't work on this emulator. So I, <laughs> so I, I get I got all the trouble get this working, and, and God bless them. Uh, but you know, the only games I could play were Philip were Philip CDI Zelda games. Uh, the other the other ROMs were not uh, not fun or the Hotel Mario ROMs that I found were not functional on it. Uh, so unfortunately, I didn't get to mess around with this. I don't think I would have gotten a good sense of it anyway because this emulator, the only way you could control the action is with the mouse, which is very very unnatural for controlling a console game. Um, but uh, I, you, you can at least get a sense of how these games looked in action. And, you know, they don't look great. Um, that said, from the playthroughs I watched, it looks like a... It just looks like the gameplay is not doesn't have a lot to it. Like it's like you you open some doors start closed, some doors start opened. Uh, you can open a closed door, and there's often a power up behind it. You can close an opened door, and then if you close them all at once, you advance to the next level. Enemies are trying to reopen them, um, and also obstruct your uh, your progress. But it just seems like a like I'm rambling here, but it seems like the kind of thing where like I think the I just think. Ultimately, the idea of closing and opening doors is not super satisfying for a player. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't feel like a fun thing to do. Hey, you know how I'm usually jumping on enemies and I'm uh, <laughs> getting power-ups? Like, I'm a raccoon sometimes, right, Luigi? Today, we're just going to open doors and close doors. <laughs> <laughs> a moment in some interview in some gaming magazine where they've asked Miyamoto if he's played Hotel Mario. Somebody right. must have asked it. And my hope is that he has. Uh, and that my other hope is that he kind of enjoyed it a little bit. Like, I don't mm. see any... There's enough, enough to rag on this game about. I feel like it would be nice if he was like, you know, it wasn't for me. Uh, but I can see some pros and cons. 
But maybe right. he was like, this is a disappointment and we are never licensing Mario ever again to anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole... That's maybe why Nintendo has been so gun-shy in subsequent years about... It's so protective about their IP, you know, so so reluctant to license it. And it is because these Phillips games were so bad. And these are their marquee franchises, you know, Mario and Zelda, and they're just being represented in such an awful way. And I think after that, they were just like, well, fuck, we got to we have to be the stewards of this. Uh, But Eva, earlier, you were talking about one of the developers who worked on this game and this long interview, which you sent us um, uh, that I read some of. And I think you uh, uh, you have some uh, you have some insight from this. Yeah, so this lady name was named Trichy Vanola. Now she lives in Turkey. She's a really interesting, like, um, she had a history before this in the 80s, Heather. Um, she designed a lot of early Mac art games, yes. including uh, Fred Nerd's Comic Strip Factory. She was a huge Ooh. part of the development of that thing, um, which is very fun looking. And then, um, yeah, she was one of three developers. And now she lives in Turkey and she does this kind of like crazy R. Crumb or uh, even more like R. Crumb's wife, Aline Crumb, like cartoon art of things she sees in Turkey. She seems like a really interesting lady. So they caught up with her. So she is very clear in this interview, uh, which is on um, uh, what's this called? Uh the Black Moon Project, where they've been interviewing different people involved in Phillips games. But um, she's very clear in the interview. She did not have anything to do with the cutscenes. She doesn't even know about them. What she did was the was the art for the hotel levels. And I just like this woman's, like, <laughs> description. She really had a great time working on it. So these are some, I'm just, I'm going to pull some quotes from this interview. Um, she's like, uh. Kevin Goldberg was a very cool, tall, lanky guy. The last time I saw him was in Venice during a stormy New Year's Day, 1994 or 1995. Jeff Zorn, how could I forget that name? The actual person is impossible to forget. A big, buff, blonde, young Canadian with a great talent and perception with boundless enthusiasm. Jeff and I came up with a, the Disney Tolkien look. Before me, they'd hired some kid who should have been doing concept art in the park. He had come up with a cheese hotel. Awful. <laughs> so there was a cheese hotel briefly that, but but she did the gothic sort of looks of the different hotels when you got inside. So then this is the part that I was like, this is incredible. I think she's wrong about the cheese level. I think a cheese level would have been good. Yeah, she brings it, it up cool. multiple times in the interview. She's like, cheese hotel. Ha! <laughs> Okay, so this is deep in the interview. She goes, the thing about the software industry was the more successful you were, the less you would dress. It was a very young industry. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were only about 30. I wore cowboy boots and cut off jeans and embroidered baseball caps from Indonesia. I hated the way my face was aging. So with the money from Hotel Mario, I got a facelift. I heal very fast. So I had my lift on Monday and Friday I was over at Phillips with my hair washed with baby shampoo, stitches in my chin and staples in my head under under the baseball cap. I'd had a forehead lift, tucks behind both ears, and all the fat sucked out below my cheeks and shot into my lips and a prosthetic chin put in. My doctor is now on extreme makeover, and he is famous for his fabulous, naturally-looking lifts. So Friday, Kevin is looking up at me with the damnedest expression on his face, and I say, you're wondering if my husband beat me up, aren't you? Uh, well, you've got bruises all over your neck, he says, and stitches under your chin. So I tell him, whoa, he says, can I tell the guys? Now, mind you, 
All my Beverly Hills friends would die rather than admit they had a little work done. But these Phillips guys grew up on cyberpunk, reading Neuromancer. They thought plastic surgery was sexy. It's about <laughs> taking control. So 10 minutes later, I'm surrounded by all these 27-year-old cyber hunks. And they're going through my hair, feeling staples, and looking behind my ears and hearing all the stories. Cool! That was my last lift, and I'm ready for another one. Ah! If you know of any software that needs to get built, send them to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So that's the lady who designed the doors for Hotel Mario. I fucking love her. That's awesome. That's, that's I mean, that's the whole... Thank you for listening to How Did This Get Played. That's it. That's some halt catch fire shit right there. Where the fuck do you go from there? <laughs> I don't want plastic surgery, and that made me want plastic surgery. I know, because yeah. you'd be cool about it with a bunch of cyberpunks. Yeah. I know. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, where do we go from there? I guess to our review crew. Hey, fuck you, you Luigi. It's the review crew. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to try our best to say something positive about Hotel Mario and give it a numerical decimal rating. I will begin. I pull mine from one of the cinematics. There's a joke I like, which is you're at the entrance for Larry, Larry's Cave Hotel. Uh, there's a there's a little sign that says this mine is mine. I like that. <laughs> Some nice little wordplay. Uh, I didn't actually get to play this game, so I feel uh, I, I feel odd giving it a rating. But I'll give the cinematics a uh, a two because they look awful, but they're kind of funny uh, and just for existing. Um, Heather, what do you think? Same same issue here. We didn't get to play this game, and I it no like I feel like either way I, I could either give it more negative than it deserves or more positive than it deserves. But based on what I can tell from the YouTube. Uh, playthroughs of the game and also my experience of the cutscenes. this game gets a 0. 0.5 I, <laughs> I hate puzzles I, if if i was playing a puzzle that is hard to control i would definitely hate the puzzle and my reward for 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 solving these puzzles is uh like a constipated man screaming at me to look <laughs> in the instruction booklet. Like that's not, none of that's going to be exciting. So I'm going to give it a 0 0.5 here to ring in Mario. I think there's maybe something, Heather, to the fact that this has never been, because you know Nintendo's port crazy, and uh, that, that, that there's never been, there was never like a DS version of this. That like the core gameplay wasn't interesting enough for them to be like, let's just let's just throw in those levels from Hotel Mario on, on the 3DS and put them in the eShop. They were just like, no, fuck it. Let's just bury this forever. Yeah. Um, Matt, what do you think? I'll say that my positive thing is that it makes me think about when I was a kid and I would draw... I would draw these characters. I'd draw Mario. I'd draw, you know, Pokemon, any any of these characters. And they weren't good. Mm-hmm. But the screens that I'm looking at from Hotel Mario, they weren't, maybe they weren't that bad. <laughs> you know? Maybe, maybe I could have, I could have made a game when I, <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, it just drawing Mario from memory. Um, so from that alone, I mean, yeah, like, you know, none of us got to play this. It doesn't seem like we'd want to. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a one. Do not disturb. 
Wow. Oof. Uh, all right, Eva, something positive about Hotel Mario and your rating. I mean, from now on, every time I watch them go like, uh, you're the best player ever. I think that's the end of the game where they mm-hmm. all yell that directly at you. I'm just going to imagine this lady sitting in this office in Venice with like a bunch of hunks like feeling her scalp <laughs> and just like I, and it's so like weird and horny and I'm like man I don't care if this game is good like what a time to be alive and like, <laughs> what a great life this lady had and like what what a role model for all of us and God bless God bless the process that made this game no wonder it sucked because they were all just kind of so distracted I guess and I they should be uh, one star. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, those were our thoughts, but Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got reviews from all over the internet that present a contrary opinion to the one we've just formed. So if we had a positive take on the game, this would be a negative segment. And if we had a negative take on the game, this would be a positive segment. But for a game like Hotel Mario... And our responses were mixed. I suppose it's a grab bag and we can say anything that we want. I've got a review here from Reddit. Uh, and uh, it only has one upvote and the user has deleted their own account. So <laughs> not saying and it, anyway, it's Hotel Mario is a decent, fun game. One, why do you hold this opinion? First point, the controls while flawed are okay. Second point, story is actually not, the story isn't actually that bad. While strange for a Mario game, it's silly and nice. Third point, the graphics are good. Mario's sprite, I especially like. The animations are good too. Fourth point, the animated cutscenes are silly and not actually that bad. I like the voice acting and the animation style. All in all, it's a good game and I want to buy a CDI just so I can play Hotel Mario. I mean, that's, that's as positive as it gets. Yeah. I do I do think that I do wish you could play this game was easier to play. I kind of just mm-hmm. had this kind of I, I, I was I was texting Eva about this. So like I had this thought of like because, you know, game preservation is like a, a is like a discussion in the zeitgeist right now. And mm-hmm. this game is bad, but it, it has like histor- historical value because of its pro- the properties attached. It's like the Star Wars Christmas special. It's like. It's good that we can watch the Star Wars Christmas special, that that's not like hidden on like a, you know, that's not on a a reel of eight millimeter film that's in a vault somewhere that no one can ever see that like that's just like people can check that out. And I do wish that Hotel Mario was was similarly accessible. And I I do hope that eventually some preservationist or someone kind of makes it their life's work to make classic games, retro games like available in some sort of. I don't know. I don't know what the what the solution is, because obviously emulating this this old hardware is so fucking complicated and resource intensive and right now relying on an army of hobbyists uh, with programming knowledge. But I mean, it would it it would eventually be awesome if more of this stuff people could play with ease. I agree. Um. I have a, that's what I wanted. (laughs) That's what I was driving at this whole time. Uh, I have a review from Bill Lumberg. This one is on Amazon. Uh, One star title, Mario Closes Doors. Here's the review. If you're uninterested in playing this game just by reading my review title, congrats. You're not missing anything other than a bunch of open doors, but you can just close any open doors on your way out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd like to say right. what Weiger followed that up by taking a sip from a big gulp. Like you just like complete it. Like <laughs> you, you're, you're like one step away from like smoking a cigarette at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> like dice man behind your head. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's time for the question block. All right. This one's from at Aaron Smith 85 on Twitter. And they write, is there a game you rented all the time but never bought? Mine was Wizards and Warriors for the NES. I had Wizards of Warriors for the NES, mm-hmm. um, and you're right not to buy it. I don't know why you'd read it more than once. <laughs> uh, I will I will say that I don't have necessarily a eh, Blast Core I rented a few times, um, but and and one of the and I think Donkey Kong Country before I bought it I rented that a few times but I was not like a serial renter but I do I did have a friend um in high school who kept renting and re-renting and then eventually just holding on to Final Fantasy 3 6 in Japan because the you know with those old school games your save was married to a cartridge and so it would and so if you return that game um, and, you know, a, a JRPG that's that's 30 plus mm-hmm. hours. I forget exactly how long a Final Fantasy three is, but you can spend 30 to 60 hours in it. Uh, so he'd play some of it and then like have to return it and then try to check out that exact same copy, like as soon as possible so that he got his save back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he he ended up eating more in rental fees than if he just bought the game outright over the course of the couple months he was playing it. But just because he was like, he had to finish this game because it's a fucking awesome game. And then also he was just like so fixated on not losing all his progress. Wow. My, my I just took cousin, another sip. My cousin had an <laughs> NES. <laughs> hey. <laughs> my cousin had an NES. Uh, and so we would rent, and there are very few games uh, for children uh, that are two players simultaneous. So we often rented Monopoly for the mm. NES uh, because it was, you know, we didn't own the board game and it was all automated. Like you didn't have to figure out how much money and there are no parts to clean up afterwards. So we right. frequently rented Monopoly. It's a good answer. <laughs> and Marble Madness. Those oh, yeah. Marble Madness. Evo, were you ever a game renter? Well, I was just thinking about around the time that Netflix had discs, there was that uh, Gamefly appeared where you could play. And I just looked, it's still going. I I don't know what format it's taking right now, but I would do the Netflix thing of like renting one or two games on Gamefly and just keeping them as long as I could till I beat them, Mm -hmm. um, which I never did. But I held on to Ape Escape for like months and months and months. Wow. Um, And then I think I did beat Bully rented mm, wow that was one i really committed to and i still love bully i think it's a great game but anyway game fly so it was a blast <laughs> bully we should uh, we could we should cover for the show at some point yeah it's oh, kind yeah. of amazing Definitely. that it was made yeah, uh, yeah i i wrote a game fly commercial at one point i don't oh. i actually don't even know how i got the job <laughs> but yeah i wrote I, I like wrote it and then and Did then it do was it for like fun a, Oh uh, yeah, I was just I, it was a spec. I wrote it on my own. No, I like I got hired to write it and I wrote it and then it was like a CG animated thing and you watch the final thing it was just like Jesus Christ they had to do so much work to animate this fucking script 
that I didn't put like much thought into. Like I was just <laughs> sort of like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. I'm getting like 300 bucks or something, you know, not, not a trivial amount of money, but not the, the amount that I'm going to work myself to the bone over it. Um, and then just finally seeing the final product, like, Jesus Christ, I feel so bad for these. And probably animators overseas somewhere uh, who had to, to fucking execute this idea that was not even all that well thought out. <laughs> but there you go. I don't know why I shared that. That was great. <laughs> I love That's it. That's good. That was great. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram with your questions at Get Played Pod or send us an email at getplaydpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 6162Played. That's 6162752933. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. Our guest, Eva Anderson. Always great to have you, Eva. Thank you so, so much for returning to the show and sharing your history with the CDI. Uh, anything you would like to plug at this time? Yes. Um, on May 5th, uh, the uh, alternate reality game I did last year, um, Arcana, our team is going to be on Twitch for IndieCade uh, doing a, a panel. And uh, check it out if you're interested in alternate reality online gaming. That's awesome. What Do you, do you have the Twitch channel? Uh, it's the IndieCade. It's just IndieCade. Twitch. Okay, awesome. Check yeah. that out. And Matt, tell us next week's game as Mario continues. Next week's game, Mario is missing. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. <laughs>